to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tidal Education. I'm Pete Wright, and I want you to think about the most creative higher education conference theme you have ever experienced. And then listen to this. Procurement, an emerging frontier. These are the sessions of the NAEP Enterprise, trying to empower procurement professionals to seek out new ideas and opportunities to enhance their department, community, and institution, to boldly go where no one has gone before. That's right. The National Association of Educational Procurement is all in on the message of Star Trek, a 50-year-old show that serves as a model for risk, cleverness, and inclusion. And at this year's annual meeting in Kansas City, the association is ready to help members demonstrate the true power that comes from working together and facing change head on. Howard had the opportunity to talk with NEP's new executive director, Krista Farrell, about her vision as leader of the organization. And the two talk a bit about Howard's closing keynote, how we can work toward authentic transformation together and away from incremental change. So set phasers to stunned as we introduce you to NAEP Executive Director, Krista Farrell. Welcome, Krista. It is so great to be with you today. It's great to be with you too, Howard. Excellent. Well, we got an exciting thing coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, and that is the upcoming, as Pete mentioned, the NAEP annual meeting in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, and there's lots of change happening, including the fact that you have recently joined, I'm not sure how recent recent is, but you are now in the position of leading the organization, and I, and I believe this is your first annual meeting as executive director. You are correct. I came on board in October as the executive director. And so, so tell us a little bit about the trajectory of you coming into this role? Did you wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to be the NAP executive director? How did, how did this come into being for you? So Howard, I love procurement and I love the people who practice procurement as a former practitioner myself for about 15 years um, in the state of West Virginia, both on the private side and in the public sector. I fell in love with procurement and I decided to make a move into the association space first with the National Association of State Procurement Officials and to be able to talk about procurement at a national level and to be able to help our public procurement professionals do their jobs easier and more effectively. It's just truly a passion for me to help our procurement profession move forward. Why don't you share with our audience and also with yours a little bit about what's going to be happening at this year's annual meeting. Well, Howard, it is so exciting. Um, our annual conference this year is April 7th through the 10th, as you said, in Kansas City, Missouri. It, we have a wonderful program this year. In addition to all of our great sessions and the educational stuff, we're kicking off our event this year with something a little bit unique. It's called a registration celebration, and it's going to be a lot more than just picking up your packet and getting your name badge, but it's an opportunity to network with your peers. We're going to have live music and have some good food and really just take advantage of being together and kicking off our conference um, in a really wonderful networking way. Um, in terms of programming, we have um, Sudoku Andrews, who is 
um, our opening keynote. He's a master of the spoken word. He connects really broad concepts to his audience in a very creative way. We also have a wonderful diversity and inclusion panel. We have folks from the Kubo, from the private sector, from our membership connecting together to talk about diversity and inclusion in a much different way. And then we also have 41 different educational sessions, everything from risk management to analytics to contract management. So depending on where you are in your career and your interests, I'm sure we have something for everyone. You know, it's fascinating, Krista, uh, having participated not just with higher education institutions and projects, but doing lots of work over the years with associations that support higher ed, is that there, there is this presumption that when there's challenging times, sometimes you think, well, maybe this is going to impact people's interest in coming together. I have found the exact opposite. It almost feels like there's more interest now in making sure we come together, not just to socialize, but really to find ways that we can collaborate in a way that's different and, and find new practices that we should be employing in uh, the education space. What's, your, what's been your experience as, you, as you've participated in association work and now that you're exe the executive director? You are so right, Howard. I think that as budgets continue to shrink and people are looking for more creative ways of solving their everyday procurement problems, that it is the association space that comes into play. You know, there's every problem has a solution and oftentimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Your peers and your partners in procurement have either seen it and done it before. They can offer great insight into helping you to solve that problem. So I think what I've seen is that much as you said, people are more interested in coming together and learning from each other than they ever have been in the past. In fact, we are almost at a record attendance this year um, in Kansas City. Yeah, and I've, I've been hearing that across the board with other associations. That they're finding this, this year, uh, in the last 18 months, that these associations from AGB to Nakubo to the regions um, have had record attendance. And what it speaks to, in my view, is that people recognize they have to get out of their bubble. You know, that, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is every institution is a bubble. And the, the bubble is both the place that we are invested in and we have our core commitments. You know, it's, it's the mission of our institution. But also, we lose the lens. We can be blind to what's going outside and not just not just in other institutions, but even in the industry of procurement, what are some things that you're discovering are beginning to show up around procurement that is moving in the direction that 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 addresses this need for accelerating change, that addresses maybe being more strategic? Um, how have you seen the shift happening, and and has it been accelerating? It has been. And I think the first thing that comes into mind is technology. And as technology continues to automate what we think of as the standard procurement process, the desire and the need for procurement to move forward into much more strategic roles and being a more strategic asset on our institutional campuses, is the demand just continues to grow and to be there. 
in addition to technology, it's that higher education itself is changing and evolving. The needs of our students are changing, which then, of course, impacts how we as procurement help fulfill those needs and, and serve those needs. The dynamic shift of our workforce, the entrance of the millennials into the workforce, they have different things that they want from their career path and from their career experiences. And that is playing out um, on the procurement stage as well. So I think it is a culmination of shifting industries um, that is really leading to the evolution of procurement and the changing landscape at such a rapid pace. Our students today, uh, were born, not literally, but maybe very close to having a smartphone in their hands. And that being a native to technology, there's a different orientation and comfort level. The younger generation that's moving into the workforce has a different orientation around the use of technology. It's not something that they they uh, have to think about. It's almost like if you if you are not utilizing technology in a forward-thinking way, it, it, it is becoming more apparent how, how far behind we are. And in some ways, this younger generation is pushing us into new arenas. For sure. Um, I know for myself, um, I, my first smartphone, I was in, in my 20s. And, you know, my nephew, who I've raised, um, you know, he's had one since he was two. So, yeah, it, it's definitely impacted. You know, what's interesting about the arc of what's going to happen at this, you know, we have, you have your opening keynote and it sounds like he's a, he's a, not just a wonderful storyteller, but it's, it's this domain or this area of learning how to influence others through telling stories, right? Uh, say a little bit about your, your opening keynote address. So thank you, Andrews is definitely a master storyteller and he teaches people how to connect, as you said to their surroundings through the spoken word. And storytelling is such a powerful tool in doing that, especially when you think about procurement. We all have an interesting story to tell. There's always that one procurement or that one project that we've influenced that is a great story either to use educationally, um, to teach others about what we've done, and also to connect to others and, and to solve problems in a more collaborative way. So Seiku is a wonderful um, orator, and he uses the spoken word almost in a lyrical poetry type of way. Uh, it'll be a very interesting experience, and I think that's what I'd like to call it more than just a session. It will be an experience for our, for our attendees. You know, you and you have graciously invited uh, me to be part of your conference, and I'll be doing the closing keynote. And what what's wonderful about knowing how this is starting is, you know, the 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 session that I will be doing uh, to close out the program is, you know, we title it Beyond Strategy and Navigating Change, and you know, that's, this is a core principle in our work is is how do we mobilize people to effectively coordinate action so they can navigate change in a meaningful way, in an accelerated way. And I think this will really nicely build off of these ideas. You know, one of the things I wanted to explore with you relative to the, to the talk as you think about procurement and, and what I'll be speaking about, you know, there, there's, all this, there's all this discussion out there about 
transformation. You know, if you go online and Google and you put in procurement and transformation, there's lots of people writing about it, thinking about it, consulting firms who say they can do it. And one of the things that we'll be doing in my session is really exploring the difference between incremental and transformational change. Because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, Krista, around this. I think that, for example, uh, many of the things we want to do to improve efficiency are really about incremental change. You know, when I, when I talk to education leaders and I say, your budget process needs improvement. Yeah, absolutely. My presumption is I come back 10 years from now, it's going to be incrementally better. It will be more efficient. It will be more effective. But I don't know unless we really alter higher education that we're not going to get out of this budget cycle where we look at the next year and say, all right, what does this mean for the next cycle, right? So, so we're going to get incrementally better. Then there's this other domain of world's opening. Amazon is an example or Netflix, uh, or any of these ways that things have showed up in our world. Uber is an example. And when these worlds open, it has, an, in fact, an impact of closing other worlds. And, and one of the things that I want to explore, I'm going to explore with your uh, members, is the nature of how to be in these conversations in a different way. What's been your experience being in conversations with people around this distinction incremental versus transformation. And do you think there is a misconception about the two? I believe there's definitely a misconception. I think that we think of transformative change um, by changing small processes over time. Whereas in my mind, transformational change sometimes will take a concept and turn it completely upside down and reinvent it, much like Uber or Amazon is doing in their own spaces. When I think about procurement, I think about the transformational change, I think that's where this strategic shift in alignment comes in, that, you know, we're no longer processors or processors of contracts and RFPs, but we're really thinking strategically about the full scope of spend and this full scope of the impact of that procurement process in creating either new revenue streams or cost-saving streams that then can be redistributed throughout the university or the community college to, to, to enact new programs and new, new ideas. So it's being a part of that transformational change at, at the institutional level. Yeah, you know what I like about what you just said is really having a role to play in new revenue generation. I, th I think part of the misconception around transformation is that we really have to put ourselves in the shoes of what it is that we're looking to transform and for whom. And in my experience, historically, in the last 30 years, watching pure procurement, uh, watching HR, watching facilities, watching IT, looking to either have a seat at the table, and that fundamentally means being at the level of the cabinet level for a private or public institution, the challenge has always been tying it to the concerns that senior leadership is focused on that for them is the kind of change they want to see as opposed to what we want to see in our individual departments. So part of the orientation shift around strategy is to put our self in the shoes of the the success and, and the outcome we're looking to produce. And that is a difficult thing to do. Um, 
and that's what we're going to talk about. And, and, you know, from my conversations with you, I think this is how you're also trying to shift the listening of your procurement professionals to focus less on here's what we want to do, but what kind of impact are we looking to make? Correct. And I think we in the procurement sector have to learn how to talk another language. You know, we're, we're great about talking about RFPs and contracts. That's right. But we, we have to speak the we have to speak the language of our peers. We have to speak their language and we have to talk about what's in it for them and how what we do helps them to solve their problems. One of the things we'll be talking about in my session is how do you engage in big conversations where you don't have solutions? That's a conversation where we have to learn how to explore and navigate versus the short-term solving a problem. If we wanna make these changes, we have to be willing to step back, slow down, and get into a different kind of conversation around the long-term changes that we're looking to produce and then find a way to engage others to be in the conversation with us. The procurement division, the, you know, the HR divisions alone cannot make these changes happen in an education institution without involving faculty on some level, without involving even your trustees, especially if you're a private institution. So I think your your audience is ready for this. I think they've been ready for, for it for years. Uh, and the urgency is there. You're so correct. While we have the momentum, I think we need to capitalize on it and make some of these strategic shifts in, in the way that we do business. And two, to support our institutions and support our students, which is at the end of the day, what we're here to do is, is to make them successful. So are we going to have people dressed up in Star Trek costumes for this? I mean, can I come as a Borg or as a, you know, as a William Shatner or Spock? Howard, I would love it if you would do that. Um, <laughs> the staff will be wearing um, command badges, um, just so that we're easily identifiable. But uh, yeah, um, I'm going to get a tricorder. I should go on eBay and see if I can get one of those little tricorders, because now I have an excuse to get Star Trek paraphernalia. I think you should definitely do that. Oh, that's pretty funny. I just thought of that. Well, this is fantastic, Krista. You know, this is going to be, uh, you know, also for me and you, this is an opportunity to be working together uh, as, you're, as you're navigating this next phase uh, in your institution. And it's so clear that you're bringing a perspective to this work that is going to engage others in such a positive way because that's just who you are. So I am thrilled to be part of this and being your partner in this work. You too, Howard. I'm excited for this partnership. All right. So uh, we will post, by the way, a link to the conference for those who want to learn more about it. Uh, April 7th through 10th in Kansas City, Missouri. It's Enterprise Supply Chain Solutions. Make it so. So, Krista, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we will be seeing each other in the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Howard. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Enterprise Supply Chain Solutions Make It So, the NAEP 98th Annual Meeting, takes place April 7th through 10th in Kansas City, Missouri. You can learn more about the conference and register yourself right now at naepnet.org. Link in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this week's show. On behalf of Howard and Krista, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next time right here on Navigating Change the podcast from Tybal Education.